I'm Jacob. I've seen Lost seven times. I'm Jack. I've never seen Lost before. Jack's about to watch all of Lost for the first time. Hello and welcome to the Lost Boys podcast. With the every step of the way, you have me, Jacob Starworthy. And me, Jack Shepard. We are here because we have watched season five, episode two, which is titled The Lie, uh, which one watch of the episode, you can, it's pretty self-explanatory what it's called The Lie, isn't it, Jack? There's a lot of lying, but there's one big lie. There's one big lie, and and more importantly, it's about the lie that eats, eats especially one character up. Uh, but before we go into, you know, metatextual analysis on the episode, Jack, speaking about the episode more than people who wrote it ever thought it would be spoken about in their lives... I have to ask you, on behalf of the Lost Boys podcast listening viewership, what do you think of the episode? I have mixed feelings about this episode. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I will. I, my immediate reaction is that I'm not the biggest fan of it ever. Okay. Um, yeah, it feels like there was a lot, a lot going on. Yeah, um, I mean, fair assessment. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about what was going on. I don't know. We've literally just watched it, and yeah. I was kind of thinking in it. I was like, "This is quite a very strange episode. It's a bit more like camp in many ways." You know, it's what like, do you mean fun. by that? Well, there's a lot of just like it's all a bit. You know, everything's kind of turned up to eleven. You know, even like Sun and Kate having a scene, and it's just like, "Oh, is Sun the bad guy here, or is she gonna?" You know it all feels just kind of strange in a way. Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, it's a Hurley episode and they're always a bit on the zany side, aren't they? Yeah. Throw into the mix, uh, an unconscious Saeed with his sunglasses on head lolling out of the, of the passenger side window, looking like he's had a a bloody uh, big night out in the venue. Um, You know, it's it's it is amped up. You are completely correct. Um, I mean, how are you with Hurley episodes usually? I mean, I, normally I quite like Hurley episodes, but this does feel like you know it's like a Hurley episode directed by Ryan Murphy or something. You know? <laughs> ah, that's um, okay. Fair, uh, that's very clever. Very good. <laughs> so it's I mean, that, like a lot of the, I mean, there were just bits of it, like there, you know, some of the cinematography in the episode was kind of weird. You know, like there was, you know, slow zooms on Sawyer's face as he looked shocked at someone being, you know, fired by a fire arrow. You know, it was kind of like small things like that. even some of the lighting, it seems like kind of just bigger than normal, you know, like it was brighter or, and then they, they, they did the, they've started doing the thing where they don't show you the person's face until, you know, to leave you guessing. But it's almost like I'm almost already like, Kind of over that now. There was a lot of times I was like, "Do you who do you reckon it is?" Yeah, a bit on the phone, and then a bit at the end of like, yeah. And I mean, did you guess it? I don't think you did, mate. Which bit? Which which one? Well, the the son on the phone bit. Hello. I, I can't believe it's you. The son on the phone bit. I wasn't sure about. And lock at I... the end, throwing the knife. James, Juliet. Nice to see you. Long at the end, throwing the knife. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get the moment I saw the knife. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's log. But then there was also the bit with the person doing like scribblings underneath a church. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of like, who is it? Who? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there were, even the bit with Sawyer and Juliet when they're, you know, people's feet are going past. They're kind of hinting at like, oh, who is it? Who is it? <laughs> And so it's a it's a lot of that, and like, oh, who's you know, so you're gonna, I don't know. There's just a lot. There is a lot, but you know, it's all part of the mystery, especially on the island because you don't know when they are, let alone where, what's going on. You know, I think fair enough. I get your point completely, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I kind of buy into that. I think it was just it may have been a little OTT. Okay, um, fair enough. And I would. I feel like <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of strange faces being pulled into this episode. You know, we saw uh, Anna Lucia 
mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there's the old time traveling lady. Mm-hmm. As well. Oh, so you do remember her? Good, good news. From Desmond's episode. Yeah, good news. Okay, cool. I was worried for a second. No, I remembered her. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I didn't recognize the woman in the butchers. Yeah, <laughs> Jill the butcher. Yeah, you, you um, yeah, you would you shouldn't recognize her. She's she's newcomer, but deserves her own bloody mobisode or something, doesn't she? I recognize Froya. Froga. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Okay, should we, should we dive in from the beginning? Okay. Okay, let's go from the beginning. So we throw, we're thrown into three years ago on the boat, kind of after, you know, the season four finale, um, when they Penny finds them. And on that kind of um, two weeks before they then get their convincing suntans and then uh, float off uh, to the beach where they then get found, quotation marks. Uh, and we see them discussing the lie in depth that Jack kind of said, you know, we have to, we're going to have to do this. Uh, and everyone's kind of on board and you learn that Hurley was the one who really wasn't, which, you know, has been touched upon in the past, you know, when he says we shouldn't, shouldn't have lied and all this and all that. But Hurley was really opposed to it. Um, so much so that he tries to get Saeed on his side, but Saeed doesn't go along with it. Um, interesting that Hurley has his stance for you. I don't know. I kind of saw it coming somehow. Yeah. It felt quite natural. I mean, he makes like a very thinly veiled threat, Saeed, doesn't he? I mean, he, he, he just singles him out, doesn't he? He's just like, you, when you come for help, Saeed, and only you. Yeah, give the others shit as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit weird. Um, on as a side note, uh, you know, living in this COVID world that we live in now, that seeing them on the boat and like Frank cracking open a few cold ones. Just made me really want to go on holiday. <laughs> just really made uh, me want to go on holiday with have... Frank specifically, but just go on holiday. I was going to say well. the return of Frank as well. Oh yeah, that was another. That was the, the right at the top. Who is it? And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just made me really just want to go on holiday, with Frank. I'm really sad that I will never get to do that. Um, but yeah, so flash forward three years, and there's Hurley and Saeed having had just had the crazy experience they had in the episode before they're on the run um and Hurley's driving down the freeway and he gets pulled over by a cop or does he uh because who is this cop but Ana Lucia who makes a a little cameo return Michelle Rodriguez yeah and she's dead she's dead she says Libby says hey she basically helps Hurley along with what to do next she gets his his mind in order which is ironic considering She's not there. Um, yeah. What do you think of the whole Hurley seeing dead people thing still off the island? I quite like how, you know, the island's still working through him, mm. through these, the dead people. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think it's a fun way to bring back in cameos. Mm. So, I mean, I was still with the episode very much at this point, And I like this element of the Hurley story. Okay. Tell me, tell me when we get to the bit where you start, it starts to lose you, all right? Okay. Just, just what's your code word? Just shout Jill the Butcher. Jill the Butcher. All Jill right. the Butcher. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, uh, ironically, maybe imagine if it was that scene. <laughs> you just really hated that scene. Jill the Butcher. Saeed. I mean, yeah, go on. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil when I'm going to shout that name. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, Saeed literally spends the episode being out of it. I bet Naveen Andrews absolutely loved getting that script and realizing he was just going to be weekend at Bernie's it up with his shades unconscious being carried by Jorge Garcia it's pretty good work if you can get it isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean didn't didn't I mean isn't this where he started not liking being on the show I mean I think that was probably before this if I'm honest (laughs) yeah I don't know um so they stop off at a um uh gas station and Hurley as as per Annalise's request needs to get a change of outfit uh, so what does he pick out but the most, the, the, the least conspicuous T-shirt I've ever seen in my life? Uh, my heart should see. Our heart should see, which is fair. A um, little bit of trivia for you, Jack. Please. He, saw, he looks at another T-shirt beforehand uh, and it says, I love my wirehead on it. And it's a picture of a, of a wirehead dog. That's actually Jack Bender's dog, who is the director of many episodes of Lost. And and oh. and she's called Miss Honolulu, <laughs> which is pretty. What funny. a name! 
Did Jack, Jack Bender didn't direct this episode, though, did he? Didn't direct this episode, but, you know, he's a long-time director of the show. Yeah. I like that little little tribute to him. Well, the, nice. shih, the Shih Tzu actually belongs to writer of the show, Edward Kitsis. It's his dog, Stuart, at Shih Tzu. Do you care about this? You probably don't. I kind of like it. <laughs> I just, who calls their dog Stuart? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That's really tickled me. Yeah, Stuart. I wonder how Stuart's doing. Come here, Stuart. Come on, Stuart. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Miss Honolulu is actually the dog that's pictured on the painting in Jacob's cabin as well. I uh, Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Pretty good. Cool. I don't know if you're wrong or not, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, and he's at the gas station and the woman doesn't know who she is, but in the background we see the newsreader who, dare I say, is the return of the villain of the week from last week, spouting out the lies about Hurley. Again, being on the run. <laughs> Killing those guys. Uh, I know, she's just sharing lies. Left, <laughs> right and center. Ridiculous fake news. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> um, so Hurley and Saeed leave. And who drives into the same gas station because, you know, they're all rubbing shoulders with each other. Still, now they've left the island. This is, this bit's a bit Jill the Butchery for me. This is me bordering on it. Why though? Oh, God, it's just like, it's just a bit of, ooh, cake comes in. Uh, Come on. Aaron's doing colouring. That feels like old school also. They're rubbing shoulders with each other unbeknownst to, to them all. Yeah, I guess. Come on, that's like the DNA of Lost. <laughs> it just, it just, yeah. it just happens to be after the crash, you know. Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, I think it was, it was mainly Aaron's colouring in that I think got me here. <laughs> Why? Because he was just, he was just doing it so badly. I don't think he wasn't even trying. Cut that boy played. some slack. William Sanderson is the boy who plays that young Aaron. I don't know why I know it. No, not William Sanderson. God, what am I talking about? William Blanchett, his name is. William Sanderson is an old actor. <laughs> <laughs> He's just Benjamin Buttoning the shit of that role. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what did you say? His name Benjamin Blanchett. William. Uh, Benjamin Blanchett would have been a good like superhero name. We're just merging <laughs> Benjamin Button and, and William Blanchett. Yeah. <laughs> and w- William Blanchett is probably what in his twenties now, which is mad. Oh yeah. No, he's probably, not. When... he's probably he's probably like late teens. No, when did this season come out? Two thousand six. Um, no, two thousand and eleven. Oh no! Wait, really? That late? Yeah, because it finished. Oh no! Sorry, two thousand nine. 2009. So mm. that's, this is plus 11 years. So he's what, so about he's probably what, four? Yeah, he's probably like 16 now. That's mad. Should we, should we try and track him down? Do you want to interview Aaron? I guarantee <laughs> no one else has probably interviewed him so, for that role. Um, uh, I wonder if he's still working. Where? Should we look it up? I'll look it up and let you know at the end of, by the end of the episode. Um, Thank you. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. So, uh, really interestingly, for me, maybe not for you, this scene actually references in some way all of the Oceanic Six. So you've got Hurley and Saeed in, in the car. You've got Kate and Aaron also in the car, in a Gilda Butcher twist. Um, you've got Sun's voice on the cell phone, but obviously we don't know it's Sun at the time, but she's speaking to Sun on the phone. But just before that, Jack calls her and his name pops up. So everyone is kind of present in this scene, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Nifty writing, I'd say. Would you not? (laughs) Very nifty. Very. Very nifty. Um, So, moving on. Uh, We have, yeah, let's talk about Kate and Sunlin. So she goes to see Sun. Uh, She's really happy to hear from her. Um, We see old friends reunite, which one day, Jack, me and you will reunite and we'll have the same reaction on our faces when Sun and Kate see one another in this scene. Will it be as, will it be as heated as this scene? <laughs> well, I probably won't be like kind of apologising for you not saving the person I loved. Yeah. <laughs> you know? In, that would, that'd, <laughs> that'd be a wild twist, wouldn't it? That would be Just pretty like, mad. Uh, um, I don't blame you for her death. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I do like how it's like this week in who doesn't son blame? Oh, let's tick Kate off the list. 
It's great. I mean, any chance to see Jin again, you know, even though it's just in that moment, he he will die shortly afterwards. Um, It's nice to kind of revisit those kind of dramatic moments, I think. And and also it is good to know that Sun and Kate are kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sun and Jack... Not so much. Well, Sun Sun has no idea about Jack kind of and Kate having their engagement broken off, clearly. Someone needs to fill that woman in. I, you know, in the real world, this would have been all over, you know, the Sun page five or something. <laughs> in, Pe- in People magazine, they would have been, there's no way they wouldn't be surrounded by like paparazzi the whole time. They'd be mega celebs. Do you reckon, I mean, in this day and age, sure, but do you reckon then, I don't know, I don't know, maybe. I reckon so. There's something so crass about about Plane Crash Survivors being celebrities, though. Yeah, but this is like, they're the Oceanic Six, they got yeah. their own like, ringtone, you know. And the, uh, the plane was found at the bottom of the ocean, so I guess it's all kind of heightened interest. Yeah, didn't they, you know, so the bodies were all faked, right? Well, yeah. And that was on the news. So how have they explained away that six of them are still alive when they counted all the bodies? Yeah, it's a very good point. Is is there an answer? Uh, not one that I'm willing to give you right now. No. Oh, Sorry that, about that. I feel like that's a plot hole that no one's addressed yet. No, I guess they just like take it and say, "Oh, well, they clearly they they claimed all bodies were found on board, but clearly they weren't." I don't know. I feel like yeah, I would have. I think that, I feel like at that press conference, someone would have asked. Well, it's a conspiracy theorist's dream, really, isn't it? It's a catnip for conspiracy theorists. Yeah, so people would surely be stalking them all over town. Yeah, think they, about like you think about how much effort people put into like just following the TV show Lost. You know, if that shit was playing out for real, oh boy. Yeah, I guess you're right. Actually, it's a good point. Um, yeah, but we don't have time for, for you know, who's to say, Jack, actually, that the guys coming after Kate and uh, and about Aaron's blood sample isn't one of these people. <laughs> just obsessive fans. Just really obsessive, I want your blood. Obsessive conspiracy theorists who just think one of them's gone in the pub and gone, I bet you that's not her kid, and have, like, really landed on it <laughs> without realising. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Sun makes a really good point to Kate. She says... You know, they, they don't, whoever it is, doesn't want to expose the lie, which begs the question, why, why are they after Kate? Mm. I guess. Revenge. I, yeah. I mean, but who, you, who do you think it was again? I, I think it's who Ben. Who's setting these guys? You think it's Ben? Okay. Talk of the devil. Um, Ben, for me, kind of steals this whole show. I think Michael, episode, Michael Emerson is on an, in another league. Uh, just he's doing so much of a little um, and just acting everyone under the table, I think, personally. Yeah, I think he, he's very good. But also, I don't know, there was something about, I think it was the way this episode was shot or something, like the cinematography. It just kind of felt kind of off somehow. Really? I don't know. I don't, there was just a lot about this episode that kind of didn't, like everything kind of works, but at the same time, it just all feels a bit strange. I don't yeah. know. I'm finding it really hard to explain why. I but... think you're, I think for you, there's a disconnect. Seeing these characters kind of like running around LA uh, in present time uh, is a bit different. And I think it's going to take you some episodes to get used to it. But what I will say is at the end of the episode, we get a timeline, uh, a time frame, I, I should say, of how long Ben has to turn this around this whole operation, get everyone back to the island. And she's got, he, he's got 70 hours. So I'll just say, maybe don't get used to it. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I mean, yes, 70 hours isn't long in this show. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Um, but Ben in general, so him and Jack, they're in their own kind of like very fucked up TV show, aren't they? Just going from motel to motel, Ben, throwing his pills down the toilet, Jack going cold turkey. You know, it's pretty yeah. funny. I think like, I think part of maybe the whiplash then is um, like the Hurley scenes with Saeed with his glasses on. You know, it's kind of a bit... And then I think it's when his 
parents come into it. Yeah, which we all come to, but they're always they're always a bit um, kind of raise the level a little bit, don't they? In terms of the the, the tongue and cheekiness. Yeah, I think that's it. Because like the moment they enter, it kind of their storyline, like Hurley's storyline, kind of becomes like almost like a comedy. Mm. Um, but but a tragic comedy, I would say. Yeah, but it's this is what I mean. It's like a, but we've gone from them you know some like spy espionage type storyline mm. with saeed being basically james bond mm-hmm. um you know oh, safe house got to take out these guys darts blah 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 and then suddenly you've got like a guy just making this like fucking huge sandwich yeah yeah <laughs> and but... then just like <laughs> sitting down to watch expose like <laughs> but the whole thing the whole thing is like it has to it highlights how ridiculous it all is as well doesn't it with hurley because he's you know, he's just escaped from a mental home. His dad isn't sure he does believe him. And then the whole thing about the end of his mum, which will come to actually believing him, which is like such huge, like kind of catharsis for Hurley. A huge moment, really. That it kind of has to be ridiculous, all that stuff. It kind of has to be as, as mad as it can be. Yeah. I do have a yeah, bit of a problem, actually. No, I'll come to it when we come to it. There's one thing I have a bit of a problem I have with something that happens later on, but I'll come to it when we get to it. Let's just clear up the Ben and Jack stuff Ooh, first. Basically, Ben, key. Um, the line I love is when Jack, when Ben's like, yeah, locks bodies outside. I need to take it to a safe place. And Jack says, he is dead, isn't he? And Ben just looks at him and goes, I'll see you in a few hours, Jack. And it's like <laughs> such good writing. Cause all of a sudden you're like, wait, what, what, what the fuck? And you just know Ben is like, hmm, if I don't answer this and I answer it with this comment, it's just going to really fuck with him. And like, he just, he could just be doing it for that reason, even though like Locke is totally dead. Um, but then the makers of the show throw in that Michael Giacchino, like chilling kind of twist on the score. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this is really eerie. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's just brilliant moment. <laughs> I'll pick you up in six hours. And where will you be going? John's casket is outside in a carpet van. I need to move it somewhere safe. Safe? He's dead, isn't he? I'll see you in six hours, Jack. Yeah, yeah. it's quite funny. We looked He's at each like, other and laughed, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. Like, everything... Ben's quite, like... He just... He loves a good tease. Mm-hmm. He loves a good tease. It's like, ooh... Not gonna tell you, am I? I just leave you with this. Is this Emerson's delivery of every line in this? So when he goes to see Jill the Butcher, who um, just just a brilliant character to throw in, um, she uh, she he asks Lock, he asks her to look after Locke's body, but she like throws a dig at Jack, uh, and Ben like jumps to Jack's defense. You love to see it. You really love to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's a surprising a surprising development in their relationship. It's great because it's like almost sincere Ben. Yeah. Like it's actually Ben being quite sincere. He's like, he's been through a lot. It's like, yeah, he has actually. And she's even like, yeah, no shit. You're right. Like check yourself, Jill. (laughs) Jill. Come on. Fucking hell, Jill. But she, um, you know, Ben, Ben is so kind of sure that what they're doing is, you know, has to happen. And at the end, we get a bit of a glimpse into kind of who's guiding him. Um, uh, what what do you do? You believe? Do you think what 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 do you think Ben's agenda is now? Um, I do. I th- I think there's some something. There's definitely he's definitely in self interest. He's definitely working in self interest in some way. I think he is genuinely trying to save the island, mm. but I think he's doing it because maybe he's like an immortal being who needs the island to survive you know something like that where it's just all about him so mm. it's not it's not purely you know he's not trying to do it for the good of everyone he's doing it for the good of himself mm, yeah I, I, yeah i think you're you're in terms of my theory at this time it was always like yeah well like he wants to get back and he truly believes that the only way to get back is to to have all these people with him, including Locke's corpse. Uh, but, you know, he could really give a shit if they die when they're there. He he just really wants to get back himself. And if that's the way to do it, he's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm thinking. Mm. 
Yeah, it's a funny one. Um, you touched on it before, but I have to say, David Reyes, Hurley's dad, having a lie-in, making a banging lunch, and just sitting down and watching some TV, he is just living that life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't he? I think... That- I think this was my this was the Jill the Butcher moment for me. <laughs> Jill the Butcher. Um, oh no! Oh no! Yeah, this was it. This was like I think because I knew there's something just inherently funny about that character. You know mm-hmm. the way he plays it. He's not the strongest actor in the world. Cheech um, Marin <laughs> of Cheech I mean, and Chong. Oh, uh, he seems lovely, and he's like he is very funny, and he's good at like being that kind of comedic relief dad mm. but it just it, it just felt kind of jarring with a guy who's just been knocked out and a guy who's on the run for slaughter and i think also we'll we'll touch on it but the the whole mentioning of the lie you know hurley being like earlier in the episode like i don't lie to people when he's in the shop talking to the girl mm. and then you know it really kind of labored the point of like Hurley doesn't like lying Hurley doesn't like lying you know there were like multiple multiple references to that like even like Ben said something about it and it's just like we get it we know yeah I I mean I do know what you mean and I do think it's it's labored and it's you know they really do build it around I I, I do like they make they make the lie such a big thing Um, and I think it's interesting kind of making Hurley, the one who's like so opposed to it, and so much so that it's like, you know, it, it it ate him up before it ate anyone else up, and it eventually ate Jack up. Um, but whereas what's interesting is Jack's lie has kind of Jack's downfall, let's say, has kind of driven him to Ben. Whereas Hurley, through through whatever reason, has now, you know, he's really kind of for for the first time, he's autonomous. And he's like, not. I like it that Hurley is like, spends the entire show kind of, bit, well, the first half of it anyway, being this guy who's kind of like used and just kind of uh, repurposed as and when people kind of want him. Even right down to the season four, kind of like the last few episodes where he does kind of, there's a whole moment where he stays with, with Ben and Locke because he thinks that's what he wants to do. Uh, but... Ben and Locke even have a chat where Ben's like, you've manipulated Hurley completely. And I think for the first time here at the end, when he runs away from Ben and he gets taken in by the police and he's like smiling, the smile of relief. He's like, for the first time having his own moment of, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to do it my way. And I kind of like that for him. Yeah. Yeah. I like that for him too. I mean, he's, he's still going to be, he's still arrested. I mean, he's uh, still in a really shit. I mean, it depends, you know, what team you're batting for. Do you, do you want him to, to join forces and go back or don't you i mean it's as a as a viewer i want him to so i get really frustrated when he does that <laughs> um yeah but, but th- why do you want him to go back why, why do you think they, sh- they need to go back that's the question i mean I, I i i guess the whole thing is um to save them to save the people who are jumping through time uh mm. i guess that's that's what i'm kind of like that i'm kind of told that and i kind of lap that up the irony here is Hurley kind of touches upon that. We left these people behind. We left it behind. So obviously when someone else gets to him, that's not Ben and says, put, you know, positions it like that. Uh, Cause Ben does actually a dreadful job with Hurley, I think here. And he kind of lo- loses it a little bit. He can usually play anyone into doing anything, but he really fails with Hurley. And I think it's cause Saeed's been in his ear. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, because Saeed's been in Hurley's ear. Hurley's ear. So he said last episode, didn't he? Do yeah. the opposite. Whatever he tells you, do the opposite. Mm. Which is like, you know, quite... It's it's a weird thing for Hurley to have said, but I guess Saeed has been been through it with Ben. Um, and, and Ben's been through it with Saeed. You can see when Saeed ends up in, in Jack's lap, uh, he's all, he's at once kind of like happy and like... like how the fuck did that happen? But he's also like, oh God, what is Saeed going to tell Jack? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, yeah, Ben, ben is spilling so many plates. I, this is why I kind of love this stuff. Because like Ben is kind of this like, you know how Desmond, like the rules don't apply to Desmond on the island. Well, yeah. well anywhere, but like last week on the island, when Daniel <laughs> said to him back in time, the rules don't apply to you. 
he's like Ben's like the Desmond of of this kind of like storyline. Um, <laughs> he's just like milling about. Like, like it's mad. Like, do, do people even know he exists? Like, it's so weird. Um, but yeah, I get your point about the lie. It is quite, you know, it's it's utilized a lot here. Um, well, I think it was a satisfying I, conclusion. Yeah, I I I like the conclusion. I just think that you know, we I feel like I got it even in the first scene. Mm, you know, mm, 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 mm. that like this was bit. This is tearing apart Hurley. You know, we already seen him on the edge anyway. So I think just to mention it that many times and to keep making a big one of like the lie. And it was like, we kind of get it. But, you know, I, I think that was maybe, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's still so much that goes on this episode anyway, mm-hmm, mm. even though they repeat that point. You know, we have... Well, you know, the, 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 the uh, David Reyes thing, his dad, um, for the first time, I actually think, I actually kind of buy into his performance more in this episode for some reason. I don't know why. I think he's just like a bit, he just seems like super concerned for Hurley in a way that doesn't seem mm. selfish. I kind of like that. But anyway, yeah, no, they bring Saeed in. Let's talk about this. They bring Saeed in and then you get the classic line, why is there a dead Pakistani on my couch? Which um, his mum says. And it's actually become a popular Google search suggestion. So, yeah, why is there? And sometimes for some people, a dead Pakistani on my couch pops up as a, su- <laughs> okay. as a suggested search term. It's pretty mad. And I've got to say, I watched this episode with subtitles and on subtitles it had, because it was off screen, you notice there's a name of the character. It didn't yeah. have uh, his mum. It had Charlotte's name next to it. And I was like, that line <laughs> really? would have been super different if it was r- delivered by Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have been half as good. <laughs> Why there's a dead Pakistani on my couch? Yeah, so when she arrives, I mean, it, 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 it kind of is injected with a bit of heart because while he goes to get Jack to help Saeed and Hurley and... and all that happens. Hurley has a big chat with his mum, doesn't he? And it's a really big scene here because he says, yeah, you know, what he's been saying all episode, we told a lie, we told a lie. And she's like, well, what's the truth? And then he just basically does this classic thing of, you know, capsule storyline of, of, of the whole of Lost, just, just delivering it. And it sounds ridiculous. And anyone who hasn't watched Lost, you could hear that scene in the other room would probably be like, that show sounds awful. <laughs> um, and she says, I believe you. And it's, I don't know, I think it's played really well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's funny when Hurley kind of goes over everything because you're just like, oh shit, yeah, that happened, didn't <laughs> it? Um, and a lot of weird stuff, a lot of weird stuff happened. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny to actually think like how much, I guess even from... Um, yeah, you forget how much Hurley knows, in a way. Yeah. Sometimes you know you could think like we know all this, but the fact that he's you know able to talk about the Dharma Initiative and mm. you know how I don't you know how the others killed, mm. how um, you know the Dharma people and stuff. I'm just like, oh fuck, how did he know that? I can't remember. Yeah, um, Hurley's been quite privy to it all. Actually, it's quite interesting in a way that others ha- others haven't been. Yeah, because yeah. I think if you, if like Jack was doing that scene, mm. it'd be very different. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't, you wouldn't know quite as much. Um, I, Jack doing it would have been so boring. He'd just like skim over so many details, and he'd just be so annoying with it, and like not really that forthcoming. And then you'd have to be like quest pushing him, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, I don't really talk, want to talk about it anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he he, you know, he. He's obviously thinking about Libby in these in these moments as well. Like he's thinking about the awful stuff that happened to him. You know, he was heartbroken and he got kidnapped. It's really harrowing stuff. Um, and and he he's getting to tell his mum this. You know, I don't know about you, but that would telling telling April this stuff would be a real big moment for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get that, and I think. Um... It's nice that she just understands him, and it's like the first person. I think that's the that's kind of the moment that sets off Hurley doing what he does at the end, mm. Ben, isn't it? It's like he's finally let go of the lie, and he's able to to move on and and just take control again, mm-hmm. even if it means going <laughs> to prison. I mean, um, God. So yeah, Ben arrives. He like skulks in, doesn't he? Like a little rat. Um, like he does with Widmore in, in season four, episode nine, actually. And he walks in and 
Hurley kind of does, does it at the wrong time because Hurley's making a hot pocket and he just lobs it at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the most skiffable moment in, in last. Um, but yeah, Ben gives his gives his speech and just doesn't work at all because Hurley's got Saeed's words in his in his head. And he just he just runs away um and gets himself arrested. Um so yeah, that that's where Hurley is, uh, which is basically given caused Ben a bit of a headache uh going by the final scene, which we'll get to at the end. Um should we dive into uh the island stuff? Sure. Well, I should say actually though, is when Hurley does run out and he goes up to the policeman and the policemen are like, oh great. This stakeout was all worth it. Uh, he says, I killed four people. Oh, I mean, three people. Um, but four is obviously... Number. Time for number watch. Already? Yeah, let's do it. Number watch. Kate, when she gets in the lift with Aaron to see Auntie Sun, she asks him to press the numbers three and one. Three and one equal... That's a loose number watch. Four, that's a number watch. Oh, come on. That's like if they if they had said go to floor 15. Yes, but they said three and one, that equals four, okay? And do you know what? Holy said four in the, in, in the scene at the end, and four plus four is eight, and that's another number. Just added <laughs> just added one on, a, a spontaneous number watch. Where, where Hurley episodes are normally filled with numbers. Yes, but... Your refusal to consider the Aaron and Kate lift scene as a good number watch has inspired a new number watch. Okay, well, keep going. This is Give why we. More... This is why we do with good podcasters, mate. <laughs> Give me some more number watches. By the way, that lift scene is so funny. It's just like Kate's a good mum. She lets him press the buttons in the lift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then she lifts him up and flies him round. Yeah, Yay. it's quite cute. Um, Ben's ticket at Jill the Butcher's shop. Ah, uh, three, two, four. Oh, mate, come on. Do better. Three, four, two. Yes. Well done. Do, do better. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the number in three, two, four? Uh, there's four. Oh, yeah. Oh, another four. Fair enough. Um, This is a good one here. This is a really good one. Michelle Rodriguez. Hello to Michelle Rodriguez. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> she makes Definitely a... not listening. <laughs> you never know. She makes her first appearance since uh, season two, episode 21, The Question Mark, uh, which is an absence of 42 episodes. Oh, hello. How good is that, though? That's a good one. It's a good number watch, isn't it? Anyway, that, that, that concludes this week's round of... Number watch. That's it? Yes. It's a Hurley episode. He's supposed to, he had a whole episode called Numbers. He did. How the Mighty Have Fallen. Oh, don't give me that. Perch. Do you know what? You, you, you are actually down this episode, but when I did my episode ranking for the indie, um, this one was quite low down as well for me, I've got to say. Um, but I just, I just find it quite entertaining. I find it entertaining more than high quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah i could see that and what i was going to say before i touched upon something that I'm, I'm i don't really like tv shows is when they do the whole um kind of make it sound ridiculous to someone who's uh uninitiated into the events of said show because i think because okay. i think it makes a mockery a little bit and i know that's the point but sometimes i'm like yeah do you know what no i start i love smoke monster Love it. <laughs> Only you get annoyed at that. Why are they taking the mick out of Lost in Lost? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> they have no bloody right to do that. Okay. You see, we did crash. But it was on this crazy island. And we waited for rescue, and there wasn't a rescue. And then there was a smoke monster. And then there were other people on the island. We called them the others. And they started attacking us. And we found some hatches, and there was a button you had to push every 180 minutes, or... Well, I was never really clear on that. But the others didn't have anything to do with the hatches. That was the Dharma Initiative. They were all dead. The others killed them. And now they're trying to kill us. And then we teamed up with the others because some worse people were coming on a freighter. Desmond's girlfriend's father sent them to kill us. So we stole their helicopter, and we flew it to their freighter, but it blew up. And we couldn't go back to the island because it disappeared. So then we crashed into the ocean, 
and we floated there for a while until a boat came and picked us up. And by then, there were six of us. That part was true. <laughs> Furious. Um, the island stuff, uh, which is pretty good. Um, not as good as last week's island stuff, but still all right. Uh, we have our uh, uh, the character who we see last week, who you picked up on that we have seen before. Frogat guy, Neil. Neil, Frogat, yep. Uh, how we uh, hardly knew you. Um, he's yeah. he's very Dr. Arsty, isn't he? Yeah, I'm glad he's gone, let's put it that way. He serves a purpose. He serves a purpose. It's just really it's good to see characters like that <laughs> meet their maker, really. Yeah. I mean, I he mean, did he... nothing wrong, really. Oh, he was just being a little bit of a prat, wasn't he? He's being a bastard to Bernie. Yeah, okay, that is... That, I mean, he is, if we're, you know, spoilers, villain of the week, probably throw you. More than a newsreader. You could, well, newsreader had it last week. <laughs> throw you, there's Share only the one love, chance, newsreader. There's only, there's only one chance for this man to be villain of the week, because he's dead now. Sure. So, you know, and you can't, you can't be a bastard to Rose and Bernie. I have to say, right, I've got a confession to make here. Oh, God. God. Uh, Sam Anderson, who who plays Bernard, he uh, he recurs in ER, which I'm still watching, um, as just an awful guy. And when I see oh. Bernard now, because I've been watching so much ER, I'm like, oh, is he awful? But he's not, obviously. But yeah, I just it just it it's really bothering me that I'm kind of like having Bernard's reputation tarnished by his other character he played ten years before. I think you should just stop watching that show right now. It is fun though. It is like a who's who of Lost. Like I'm like, oh my god, they're in Lost and stuff. So I don't care. <laughs> I still if it's if it's hurting Bernie's rep, I'm I'm not here for it. Yeah, fair enough. Villain of the week, ER. Do you know who's just? <laughs> Do you know who's just shown up in it? Is a uh, Sarah Shepherd, Jack's ex-wife. <laughs> no way. Yeah. We've had Locke's mum, Locke's dad. We've had them all. <laughs> We've had them all. They just keep coming. They just keep coming. Um, yeah. So anyway, Neil, um, Neil dies. Before that, we do get an answer to it. I love how they kind of like throw in answers to questions they know viewers would ask. They still have uh, the Zodiac raft thing that Daniel was oh, in. Yeah. And it's like, what are you going to say, Garn? No, I was going to say, like, that was my immediate thought was, like, because fans will be asking what happened, like, how the raft came with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah, all the the, ki- the kitchen utensils like, didn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, why they're all still wearing clothes or something like that. <laughs> I'd have loved it, though, if, like, Birdie was, like, tucking into, like, some fo- some boar, and then when he moved, he just still had the knife and fork in his hand. And, and, like, <laughs> and like, the mouthful of food he was eating. would <laughs> be really good, wouldn't it? Very funny. Um, I mean, it's still—it's kind of like a—it's a bit of—it's a bit of a shit excuse, isn't it? It's just like, oh no, everything we were touching comes with us. I don't know. So, I think it makes sense. No. Uh, I mean, more I than mean, anything no. else that happens in this show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you uh, th- th- a few little things that happen with the freighter folk? Mars goes off to basically speak to some dead boar. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. which which is quite funny. Um, and uh, Charlotte goes to speak to Daniel and, she, you know, kind of following up on her nosebleed situation, uh, she explains that she was thinking of her mother earlier. Very weird. She's thinking about her mother and she just all of a sudden couldn't remember her maiden name. Which begs the question, Jack, do you know your mother's maiden name? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so do I. I don't know your mother's maiden name. I know my yeah. mother's maiden name. Yeah. I don't think we, I, I was going to say we should say it, but I don't think we should because otherwise people will know our like bank passwords or something. Oh, <laughs> like, do you use, do you use your mum's maiden name as your bank? Oh yeah. To be fair, that is a common question, isn't it? Oh, because they always ask it, don't they? In the thing where they're just like, what is your mother's maiden name? Do you know what that means? Like, it's going to be such a ball lake for Charlotte if she gets signed out of this. this <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? <laughs> That's, a, that's a really stupid point. But B, I think um, the actress who does who does Charlotte's bits in this um, is very good. I actually felt quite a lot for Charlotte in this episode. Now you come crawling back. Yeah. Friend of the, friend of the show, Rebecca Mader. Rebecca Mader, friend of the show. Yeah, I felt, I felt that this episode. I got it. 
She's good. I, I, mind I think season five star is really good, actually. I really, I'm glad they like, let us stick around. I think she's good. Um, I mean, she's going to die now, so... Do you think? She better make the most of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, fair enough. I'm happy you think that. Um, can I just say, going back to the only point, is that actually isn't a stupid point. It's actually a really good point I make. <laughs> Which one? What, about the bank? About her being a ball lake, if that was her password. Oh yeah, no, it'd be awful. It'd be so so annoying. But it, like, what it, but you by your she, by your statement, she won't. Uh, she won't have to worry about that for much longer. No, I mean it's not like she's she's got any banks nearby, is it? That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, what were you going to say? Sorry, I cut you off so rudely. No, I can't. I can't remember anymore. Um, Keep going. They get attacked in probably the most action-packed sequence of of the episode. Uh, which do you know what I think Jack Bender did direct this episode I think I was completely wrong he did did he it doesn't feel like a very Jack Bender episode yeah but I guess because I guess they just let him do it because it was like aired on the same night as the first episode if you know what I mean yeah yeah no it's not just about Jack Bender so I beg your pardon Jack that's why he threw your dog in Um, but he uh, the reason I say that is because he basically really kind of set this sequence up to be really really you know dramatic and i think it works i think it's you know it does a good job at well a culling some of the survivors that we don't know those numbers are dwindling very fast um and it just really looks like you know flaming arrows are being flown in into the into into bodies yeah what the hell's going on here yeah what's your view who is it uh i'm sure is I mean, it, is it the same people who uh, Julianne's story run into? No, I think it's the others. Well, it's very old school, isn't it? Like others, yeah. It's very othersy. So I'm, I'm presuming it's, presuming it's them. But and we don't even know when we are here. No, I do, was wondering if it was, you know, like, you know, going really far back to like, I don't know, you know, tribal times, loincloths and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in general, this scene is just really harrowing because seeing Vincent in mortal danger is really horrible, actually. I don't think we have a, we've ever had a scene where he's been this in danger. I feel like it's the first time he's been uh, proper in danger. I know. What would happen if he died? Uh, but the other moment to say, and I mean, you know I'm probably going to say it, there's a bit where someone gets hit, you know, clearly dead, and who stops and tries to pour sand over the flame, save their life, even though they're in danger themselves of getting hit by one? Julianne. I don't think, I don't think, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you even need to say the name. Everyone, everyone would know just by your fawning little self being like that. She is just the biggest goddamn hero ever. Hero of the show. And I think the bit, uh, the, the acting Elizabeth Mitchell does when she's about to have her hand chopped off by these British idiots... Um, when she screams, oh God, I feel that. Who, have we seen any of those guys before? Okay, so let's talk about them. There, you see one of them's wearing like, I guess, kind of like overall E-type clothes with the name Jones on it. Yeah. Um, and he seems to be in charge, obviously, because he's doing these ridiculous, like, you know, chop our other hand off. Well, the first one is not negotiable. Um, I mean, of course he's British. Was that your impression of a British person? Like a snotty British person, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a really annoying, like, just Jobsworth British person. Well, you didn't need to do an impression of that, did you? Who? How dare you equate me to a lost character <laughs> who was going to hurt Juliet? That's actually the worst thing you could have ever done. Is he your villain of the week? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm so transparent. Who's, who's hero, <laughs> Juliet? Who's villain? The one who's trying to hurt Juliet. <laughs> so technically, they're joint villains. All of those guys. Uh, but yeah, who do you think? Who do you think they are? If the other, if the flaming arrow people are the others, who do you reckon these guys are? Well, they look Dharma-y. Mm-hmm, They do. Mm-hmm. So I'd say old Dharma. Okay, cool. So you think we're going to be diving into the history of like Dharma v others? I bloody hope so. Yeah. 
Uh, well, all of them are pretty dead right now, apart from a few of them, including this Jones guy, uh, because there's only one man who can throw a knife, knife like that, and that is Johnny Boy. JL. Uh, just saw so, so Juliet's reaction when they see him is quite something. Yeah, I feel like we haven't spoken enough about Sawyer this episode. Uh, he has a good episode. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Well, know. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> That's about it. Well, I, I, I'm intrigued. Oh, he gets a reference wrong, doesn't he? He says Dr. Wizard. <laughs> oh, yeah, Miles corrects him. <laughs> he don't like that, does he? He don't like that at all. Miles yeah. is a breath of fresh air, actually. Yeah, I quite like Miles in this episode. He seems unfazed, doesn't he, by everything. Yeah. There's just a lot of weird things going on in this episode. Like him coming back with the boar he's been talking to. <laughs> it's just a lot of like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Mm. Uh. <laughs> no one questions it. Sorry, everyone just like kind of looks very confused. But also, you know how they're like just trying to get the, the, the campfire going and they're on the beach and everything's gone and it's dark and you don't know when they are. It, that is like quite, that's like Bear grill stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Also, they just leave it to like, probably the oldest guy in the group to like have to make the fire everyone's like bernie why aren't you doing it bernie it's just like guys <laughs> what the fuck just help him out in their defense bernie we've seen him he does like to take over when he's got his mind set on something yeah come on lads gotta go you know you could you could all be trying to make a fire you don't have to stand around doing nothing oh when he blows the flame though and they're all like rose is like what are you doing? And he's like, well, you're meant to blow on it. He's like, he's clearly like watched some Bear Grylls or something, hasn't he? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just not worked. Um, you can totally see Bernie like watching a survival show back home. Oh yeah. Spends his daytimes doing it. So that's why he's like, yeah, I want to be the one to do this. Loves a bit of Bear Grylls, that man. He does. Uh, maybe he loves a bit of expose as well, like David Reyes. <laughs> everyone loves a bit of expose <laughs> have a bit of expose um so let's think about sawyer and juliet in terms of when was the last time they saw Locke. can you recall um when they parted ways at the aircraft well juliet yes uh sawyer no oh didn't he see him at the helicopter he would have no. he would have seen him just after ben stewart got killed um and um you know, he puts a gun on him. Most Locke puts a gun on Sawyer, actually, and then Sawyer puts a gun on Locke because they want Hurley to go with him to find the cabin. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so they, they're all thinking Locke's, like, gone off the reservation a little bit. So it's going to make for some interesting catch-ups. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm. You excited for that? Yeah, I love everything. I love being bit of Locky man. I mean, this episode is missing Locke, really. Like, I love Locke stuff. Uh, but I can confirm that next week we... Oh, I can confirm nothing. Is it a lock episode? Oh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that, but... No, I think right. next week's episode, I'm just going to give you a little tease. Uh, when I first watched it, it was a bit like um, season four, episode three, The Economist. It's basically the third episode of the past few seasons. Um, I really kind of was in turmoil because I was like, I don't really like this. I don't like the vibe of this. I'm not sure I like where it's going. Uh, and upon mm. rewatch, I've, I've really warmed to them. Okay, mm. interesting. Mm exciting exciting um so this episode kind of comes to an end but then we're thrown into a location we have never seen before with a huge pendulum tracing a giant map computer screens with codes event window determined flashes up on it talk of intersection points what the hell yeah this feels like um, I don't know, Damon Lindelof like having a little wank mm -hmm. over like sci-fi stuff and being like, oh, I've got the best idea. Um, that was so crude. Yeah, it was crude, wasn't it? But it feels like this is just like so out there and so just like ridiculously, I don't know, I, this bit kind of threw me a lot. It did, I saw your does, face, your little face. <laughs> it, feels, it feels like a fantasy show, like... Just completely, just I, I don't know. Like she's like Merlin, and <laughs> kind of like concocting something, and then she comes out, and it's just like ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then the island's there for seventy hours now. 
Yeah, so so what do you think it is? I mean, she she leaves and then she comes up and then to a church and Ben's there and Ben, you know, it's revealed to be um, uh, the the woman from the, the episode is called whose name is Ms. Hawking. Uh, that's what she's referred to um, by the fans from the season three episode that she's in. Um, pretty pretty big reveal, and I guess like also something that I mean, when I watched it with people I watched it with, they my auntie and uncle, they were like, who the hell is that? They couldn't remember her, you know? <laughs> um, so it's yeah. pretty big to throw her in at this late stage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remembered who she was. She was quite, like, I think if we hadn't spoken about it so much, I probably would have forgotten. Yeah. But it is like, it's a bit, it's a good tease. I enjoyed the tease of it. Um, we also, I have no yeah, idea on. where it's going. <laughs> I was going to ask you what do you think that pendulum is and stuff, which is yeah. I, I guess it's like you know trying to find where the island is, mm. and therefore, you know, we're trying to find where the island is. If it's skipping around in time, then it's probably only seventy hours where it's going to be in our time, and in a certain location. So they will have to like you know, I can only get there then <laughs> during that point to like save the day. Makes some pretty uh, nail-buying TV, that would, wouldn't it? I'm going to guess we're going to get to a slow countdown. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like 108 minutes left. <laughs> I'm going to have to rush there. Uh, I, I saw your face when uh, that scene happened and you were kind of like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you were, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I like seeing that. I um, Yeah, so she does seem quite perturbed when Ben says that you've lost uh, Hugo. Uh, and then he says, um, you know, what happens if I can't get everyone to go back? She says, God help us all. Because Charles Widmore's going to, his true power will be unleashed. Mm. I don't know. If I said to you, when was the other time we've seen this woman? Played by Fanula Flanagan from the film The Others. Uh, would you know? And when I say seen her, she's in the background somewhere. So not not in the Desmond episode. No, nope, another. Well, not in that Desmond episode. Oh, I was giving it away. Oh, so oh, is she in like Charles Widmore's office or something? No, she's in a picture of um, Brother Campbell, <laughs> who's the the monk that Desmond's uh, Desmond <laughs> yeah. the monastery Desmond's at. <laughs> yeah, she's in a picture, a very Photoshop picture, I should add. No offense to the prop department, they do a very good job, very fine job. <laughs> let's give it, let's give them some, give them five seconds. Congratulations to the prop department. <laughs> um, that's kind of the episode wrapped up. I just want to do a few little disclaimers. One is sorry about being down a well last week. Me and Jack are just navigating podcasting in in a COVID landscape, aren't we, Jack? Yeah, just Jacob's not very good with technology. I'm really so. bad with it. I'm really bad. You know what Jacob's like with technology? Is there a punchline here? No, that's that's actually um, a quote about Jacob and Nost, what Ben says. Have we had that quote yet? Yeah, we have. Uh, okay. It's just really <laughs> applicable. It's really applicable. Um but yeah, I think we're going to just hopefully the sound levels are going to get better as we as we do more more of these in a, in a, in lockdown. Who knows? Maybe they'll get worse. <laughs> Maybe we'll get lazy. <laughs> Could just get worse. Um, but thank you for all the lovely messages as well. Really good fun. Um, we had a, a few people who've messaged saying that season five is their favourite season. Jack, can you imagine? Not yet. <laughs> oh, you're so awful. I'm looking forward to it though. I am, you know, I'm looking forward to the season. This episode was, you know, it was a bit of a three out of five for me, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to keep going, see where we're going to go. You know, I think season five is a thinking man's last season. <laughs> I do. Well, it's not your favorite, is it? I'm not a thinking man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not my favorite, but I really like it. All right. I'm excited to, I'm excited. You know what I am. Um, it's going to be good. We've got some fun times ahead. Uh, Jack has a pizza arriving uh, and I don't want to keep him from it much longer. So I think we should wrap it up there. But Jack, where can people find us? 
You can find us at Lost Boys Pod. They can find you at Jacob underscore Stoll. And me at Jack J. Shepherd. Sign us off, Jacob. Uh, I'm going to sign us off by saying that next time I go to a butcher, I'm going to say, I refuse to be served by anyone unless the name is Jill. You're going to be waiting at that butcher's a long time. You never know, mate. Never know. I never know when the next time we'll be in a butcher's is. <laughs> True. <laughs> Any luck? Yes. Really? Really? What about you? I'm having some difficulty. Oh, you better get busy. Because you only have 70 hours. What? No, no, that's not enough time. I need at least... What you need is irrelevant. 70 hours is what you've got. Look, I lost Reyes tonight. So what happens if I can't get them all to come back? Then God help us all.